Hey guys, uh, glad that you're here. Uh, we're going to start a brand new study tonight. Uh, it'll be several weeks, and, and as you can see on the screen, it's called A New Way of Thinking. And before we get into that, I want to give you a chance to minister to one another uh, for just a few minutes. Uh, from time to time, I like to do this, and, and it, it amazes me sometimes how God uses the timing of things to help people. Uh, but I want you to be thinking about what's your favorite scripture? Or... Well, something, a scripture you've seen lately. It's not necessarily like your all-time favorite, but it's, it's just something that you read recently that perhaps spoke to you. And if you'll just share that, I don't want you to teach it or anything. I just want to read the verse, quote the verse, whatever it may be. Uh, what is a favorite scripture of yours or one that you've read recently that you think might minister to somebody tonight? Just go ahead and just start sharing. Amen. I, I like that one. Thank you. Somebody else. There you go. Somebody else. Amen. Good. Keep it going. Who's next? You can read it or quote it, whatever you got. Psalm 34, what? Four. Good. Who else? Yeah, that's good. Let's have a couple more. Yeah, that's good. Somebody else? Yes. Amen. That's Romans 8, what? 26. We have one more. That's right. Uh, you folks have just demonstrated in some, to some degree what we're going to be talking about in this series. Uh, the need to allow something other than our circumstances to shape our thinking. The need to allow something other than our, our friends and our associates and, and the media and all kinds of things. We have all kinds of impacts, uh, uh, potential impacts on our thinking. And so tonight I want to start a brand new study called a new way of thinking. And, and I like the fact that some of you were quoting Scripture, and it's fine if you just read it, uh, but we're, that's one of the things we'll talk about uh, in this study. You know, the, the, the capacity of our minds is truly amazing. Ha, have you found anybody? Maybe you could give us an example. <clears throat> Do you know of anybody that, that just like, they, they just like have a photographic memory? They don't seem to forget anybody. Do you know anybody like that? What? David Platt, Yeah. 
Rodney Bridges. Yeah. I mean, they, they just don't seem to forget anything. They know that they seem to just, they can pull it up when they need it. Uh, the, the capacity sometimes of our minds is amazing. In fact, uh, <laughs> Ron and I were just talking about a guy a few moments ago, uh, uh, and I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> Ron, help me. Thank you. Al Moeller. <laughs> this is really funny now. I mean, I didn't mean it this way, but, but <laughs> we were talking about Al Moeller, and I said to him, I said, man, I'd like to have half of his mind. Yeah, I don't know, I don't. <laughs> I don't even have half of it. Uh, the capacity of our minds is truly, truly amazing. Uh, but the most intriguing aspect of our minds is not necessarily the capacity for memory. The most intriguing aspect is its powerful impact on our behavior. Not just the capacity to, to remember things but the impact of your mind on your behavior. Uh, we're going to look at lots of scriptures tonight. Uh, we've got one in particular, but, but the first one I want you to find, and, and I put on your notes there just a blank that says key scriptures where you can write down some of these references. I want you to go first of all to Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. I think I may have listed that incorrectly. What's the passage that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he? What is it? It is 23.7? It is Proverbs 23.7. Read it for me, Ron. No, I was talking about as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or is that just a different translation? Okay, all right. That's the one I had written down. I'd forgotten which one I put. Uh, that's not it? All right, I'll find it for you later. Luke chapter 6, let's try that one. Let's go to the New Testament. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And this one is correct. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. <clears throat> i tell you what, let's start at verse 43 for the context. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And here's a verse, verse 45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and we'll see in a little bit that many times in the New Testament, uh, the word heart and mind are interchangeable. The good man stores, is stored up in his heart. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, 
his mouth speaks. I want you to notice that this good treasure that comes out of a man is because of what is stored up in the man. It's very clear that minds have a powerful impact on behavior. Perhaps the most amazing scripture about the power of our minds and how it affects our behavior is found in the book of Romans chapter 8. Would you go with me to the book of Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 5. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Here's what the word of God says. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their what? Have their minds set on what that nature desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind has a tremendous impact on your behavior. And that is precisely why it is such a battleground. You see, in in a war, you fight for strategic position. In a war, the strategic position helps you win the battle. Because if you can gain control of a strategic position, you can win that fight. Your mind is the most strategic part of your body. You need to hear that again. Your mind is the most strategic part of your body. Whoever controls the mind or whatever controls the mind controls the feet. Whoever or whatever controls the mind controls the tongue. Whoever or whatever controls the mind controls the hands. So if you're acting wrong, if you're walking in the wrong places, if you're speaking the wrong things, it's probably because you're thinking the wrong things. You've lost the battle in your mind, and that's the greatest battle of all for the Christian. It's the battle in the mind. In fact, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're just surveying some scriptures. We're going to come back to some of these in the next couple of weeks and and actually study them. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I just want to read it for you right now in verse 4 and 5. It says this, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Notice he talks about taking captive every thought in order to make it obedient to Christ. And so my goal for this study is that you and I will spend some time thinking about, reflecting upon, and learning to recognize the importance of our thought life. There's a battle going on in your head right now. For many of you, there's a battle going on in your head. It's a battle that's going to help determine what you do with your life. It, it's a battle that may determine what you do in your marriage. It's a battle that may determine uh, lots of things about your, your life and how your life's going to turn out. So here's the real kicker. Here's the good news. You get to decide who wins the battle. You get to decide who wins the battle. So I want to go to one text tonight and kind of d- dig in there. It's already on your notes there. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 This will be our our text we want to study tonight. Proverbs chapter 4. As we start this new series on a new way of thinking, a foundational scripture to that is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Here's what the Word of God says. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. 
above all else, above all other things that you could do, above all other things you could focus on, above all other things you could worry about, above all other things you could talk about, above all other things you could learn about, above all other things, above all else, guard. And if you mark your Bibles, if you have the habit of of marking your Bibles, I would circle or underline that word guard. Guard your heart for, here's the reason, it is the wellspring of life. Now the word heart is used some 800 times in the Old Testament. And more than 200 times, it it refers to the thought life of an individual. And that's what it's referring to here. When it says guard your heart, it's talking about your thought life. And the same thing is in the New Testament. You see the word heart and see the word mind in the New Testament. They're often used interchangeably. So you could translate verse 23 this way. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your thought life. Above all else, guard your mind, for it is the wellspring of life. So I want to ask a couple of questions tonight as we work our way through this text. The first one is right there on your notes. How does the mind work? How does the mind work? Notice that we're told to to guard our hearts and our minds. The reason we're told that is because the mind is influenced by what we put into it. The mind is influenced by what we put into it. It's amazing how much like your uh, how much like a computer your mind is. A computer has a big memory bank where it stores things that are put into it, and and the only thing that you'll get out of that memory bank is what you've already placed in it. And so God says, above all else, here's what you need to be careful about. Guard, be careful about what you put into your mind. Now, you know that, or this is not new information. But man, don't we need to be reminded of that. Don't we need to be reminded of how easily it is to let the wrong things slip into our minds and influence our minds We can put worthless things into our minds and inaccurate things and untrue things and ungodly things and allow those things to go into our minds and all of a sudden our minds are starting to go places it shouldn't go. How how does that happen? How is the the mind kind of reprogrammed? Many times it's by what you're allowing it to go into your mind. But our minds can go a step beyond your computer. You see, put this on your notes. I've got a place there. Our minds can create its own garbage. On a computer, you only get kind of what you put into it. You get out what you put into it. But, but our minds are different. Our minds have the ability to create its own garbage. Someone can tell us as a child that we're a failure. And we grew up believing that. Our minds begin to shape ourselves because of what somebody said. And we planted there. It, it was planted in our minds. It was watered. We fertilized it. We nurtured it. And all of a sudden, we have all kinds of negative thoughts and feelings about ourselves because somebody said we were a failure. And we allowed that into our mind. And it took root. That's why it's so critical that you guard the Word of God says. Guard. Against not only what you allow to go into your minds, but also guard against what you allow your minds to dwell on. See, those are the two things that influence your mind. It's what what you allow to go into your mind and what you allow your mind to dwell on. Those two things. Those two things are critical. If I dwell on lustful thoughts, then I'll be a lustful person. If I dwell on angry thoughts, I'm going to be an angry person. If I dwell on fearful thoughts, I'm going to be a what kind of person? 
fearful person. If I dwell on negative thoughts, what kind of person am I likely to be? Negative person. What you allow into your mind and what you allow your mind to dwell on will determine the kind of person you become. Now, I don't know if you've ever been out in the country very much. I, well, I know we live in the country, but this is not real country anymore, is it? I mean, we've we got so many housing developments. In a, this is not country country, right? Now, some of you used to live here when it was country, right? And there, there was just cow pastures back then. But, but since some of you lived here back then or, or you've driven around cow pastures, that, do what? You've been around, have you been around a cow pasture, right? I mean, we got them right down here, okay? So, but if you've been around cow pastures very much, now I'm not a farmer, I, don't, I wish Billy was here. Billy could tell us all about this. But I'm not a farmer, I don't know a lot about cows, but I have seen this. It seems like cows tend to go to the same place. Now, what evidence is there that the cows go to the same place? Well, <laughs> that's not what I'm going for. <laughs> Have, let me rephrase the question. Have you ever noticed that cows wear a path across the pasture? They just tend to walk the same area. They, they tend to walk the same routes. They tend to go to the same place. How do you suppose they, they made that path? Do you think the cows got together and said... Mm. let's just put it right through here. We'll turn it right up there and we'll take it across the hill. No, they didn't do that. They just started walking that way and the next day they decided to walk that way again. And the next day they decided to walk that way again and the next day they decided to walk that way again. And the next day they decided to walk that way again. And before you know it, they have developed a path across the pasture. Do you know what happens in your mind when you continue to dwell on certain things? You develop a path in your mind. And it developed because you were thinking about it every day and you went there every day. Every day you went there in your mind. 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 There in your mind. And before long, you've developed a path in your mind. I read about a guy. This is a true story. As best I know. I read about a guy who, who uh, was in a taxi and he wanted to speak to the driver. And, and so he didn't think a whole lot about it. He just leaned forward and tapped the driver, taxi driver on the shoulder. And the driver screamed and he jumped in the air and he lost control of the car and he ran into a telephone pole. Uh, they were both okay. Afterwards, the dust settled. They were both frightened. And finally, the passenger said, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to frighten you. I just wanted to ask you a question. And the taxi driver said, sir, it's not your fault. <laughs> you see, this is just my first day as a cab driver. I've been driving a hearse for the last 25 years. <laughs> he, he had developed the path in his mind, you know. And his mind was still operating in the path of the past, the ruts of the past. We need to hear what God says in, in Proverbs 4.23. He says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your mind. 
Now, help me here. Teach the lesson for a few minutes. What are some things we need to guard against? Help, help me make a list. What are some of the things that our thoughts can be influenced by? I, I've given you a space there. You can just write in some ideas. But what, what are some things that we have to guard against that our thoughts can be influenced by? What will influence our minds? Temptation? It's, go a little further. How, how, how's it going to do that? What we see. It's what we see where, Donna? Everywhere. Do what? What we listen to. What else? What we read. Exactly. Exactly. What else? Where we go. Good. Anybody else? What company you keep. Yes. Company you keep. Anything else? What we believe, yeah, probably so. What we read, yeah, that somebody said that. What we read, our thoughts can be influenced by lots of things. We're called to live holy lives, but listen to this, church. Listen to this. We're called to live holy lives. We're called to, to have a radical commitment to the one who died on Calvary for us. But if we're not careful, our minds can be some can become so influenced by all the outward voices that we miss the great voice inside, the voice of the Lord. That we're disobedient to the voice of the Lord. All the other voices can speak to us and influence us and and direct us. And, And if we're not careful, we won't be listening to the voice of truth. That's why he says, above all else, guard your minds. Because here's how your mind works. Remember this, what you put into your mind and what you dwell on really determines how your mind will work. What you put into it and what you dwell on. Now, here's the second question I want to deal with. How do our thoughts affect our lives? How do our thoughts affect our lives? The Bible says in verse 23 that that your heart, your mind is the wellspring of of life. Now again, help me teach the lesson. What does that word wellspring mean? That your, your heart, your mind is the wellspring of life. What is that word? What does it mean? Say that again. It's what you draw on. Okay, yeah. For more information. Good. Root. Root. Yes. Good. The wellspring of life. It literally means the source, the source of. Uh, it, it, it also could be, this, I thought this was an interesting translation, it also can be translated the starting point. The starting point. Guard your heart and mind for it is the starting point of life. Guard your heart and mind because it is the source of life. Warren Wiersbe translates verse 23 this way. Guard your heart above everything else you have because it determines the kind of life you will live. Let me say that again. He says, guard your heart above everything else you have because it determines the kind of life you will live. Now, this may surprise you, what I'm about to say, and if you disagree with me, that's okay. You're, you're, you're welcome to your own opinion. Just, but, but 
this might surprise you, but I believe that if Satan had a choice, he would have you think wrong rather than do wrong. What do you think? Why do you say that's right? Exactly. He might get you to do wrong one time, but if he can get you to think wrong, he can get you to do wrong multiple times. You see, the thought, I think there's a blank here. Yeah, there's a a blank for you to fill in here. The thought is the father of the deed. The thought is the father of the deed. I really believe Satan, if he had a choice, would have you to think wrong rather than do wrong. And I believe I've got a scripture that would support that. Go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. Now that's talking about his actions. And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart, his thinking, was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he had made the man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. God was, God was saying, I saw man's great wickedness, how, how evil they had become, but also notice not only their actions, also notice that their thought life, the every inclination of their thoughts, of their heart, was only evil all the time. You see, the devil knows he can corrupt your life by corrupting your thoughts. He knows that he can spoil your life by spoiling your thoughts. How many of you like spoiled milk? What do you do with spoiled milk? You call it buttermilk, right? (laughs) I don't understand buttermilk. I I don't get that. but, But no, really, seriously. You don't drink spoiled milk. Because spoiled milk is bad, it tastes bad, it's awful, you don't want it anymore. It has become spoiled, it has become useless. Satan would like nothing more than to spoil your thinking. He wants to spoil your mind. Because then he knows that if he can corrupt your mind, he can corrupt your activity. Corrupt your life. Let me give you an example. I've been doing some research here lately <clears throat> for an upcoming series I'm going to do on Sunday nights. I told you sometime soon I'm going to do a series on uh, uh, Revelation on Sunday nights. And one of the things I've been looking at and doing some re- little bit of research and reading about is ISIS. I want to tell you something. It, it, it's scary how quickly ISIS has arisen in our world. I don't know if, you keep, if you're keeping up with this, but it's unbelievable how quickly ISIS is growing around the world. And the atrocities of ISIS is mind-boggling. I don't have to rehearse all of that for you. I know you've read the, the newspapers or you've seen it on the news and have been sickened by it. And we'll talk about ISIS probably uh, in that series on Revelation. But the atrocities of ISIS did not start with setting someone on fire. The atrocities of ISIS did not start with a sword in somebody's hand. The atrocities of ISIS started with a thought. That is how powerful 
our thoughts can be. The atrocities of ISIS started when Satan spoiled the minds of those individuals. Long before they ever picked up a sword, their minds had become corrupted. And their hearts were evil. How do thoughts affect our lives? Well, your thought life will determine the kind of life that you live, which is what we've been saying. But here's what I want you to think about. Here's the reason for the study. I believe that when God gets ready to change your life, He's going to start changing your thoughts. When God is preparing to change something in your life, He's going to get you to start thinking about it differently. He's going to get you to... Some of you know what this is, what this is like because there's something that's needed to be changed in your life for a, a long time and you've been unwilling to change it. You've been unwilling to address it. You've been unwilling to talk about it. You didn't want to go to counseling. You, did, you, didn't, you didn't want to read anything about it. Uh, your mom or your dad kept handing you books about it, but you were not open to anything to do with it. You were resistant to it. And all of a sudden, before God brought about any change in your life, for some reason... You began to think about it differently. You became more open to the concept of talking to somebody or going to counseling or reading scripture or reading this book. And You see, I believe when God gets ready to change you, he's going to change your thoughts. And by the way, hey parents, listen to me. That might be a good way sometimes for you to pray for your kids. Might be a good thing to pray for your kids, especially if you've got a child that is wayward, if you've got a child that is a prodigal, instead of just praying, God, would you, would you get him to stop this? God, would you help her to stop this? You might start thinking or praying, God, would you begin to work in their thoughts? Change his heart. Change her thoughts. Help her to think and see this differently than she sees it now. By the way, the opposite of that coin is also true, isn't it? When Satan is about to get you to do something, he starts by changing your thinking about it. How is it that we end up sometimes doing things that we know is wrong? How is it that we sometimes end up doing the partaking of something or participating in something that we've always said was wrong? Before you ever started to take part of it, take part in it, Satan began to work in the area of your mind, changing your thinking about it. Above all else, guard your hearts, for it's the wellspring of life. See, most of our problems come from bad thinking. I'm about to close, so just hang with me for about three or four minutes, five minutes. Most of our problems come from bad thinking. Depression, self-pity, lust, fear, anger, bitterness. Most of that is just the result of bad thinking. Or at least that's the, the source of it. So how can I become something different? How can I change? How can I get the garbage out of my head? 
That's what this whole series is going to be about to some degree. But put this on your notes at the bottom of your notes. You start by stopping the input or the inflow. You start by stopping the inflow. Stop the inflow of the garbage coming into your mind. So right now, you say, above all else, God, this week, I want to guard my heart and my mind. I want to stop the inflow this week. Now, there's already stuff there, and I'm going to have to learn how to deal with that. But that's next week or the week after. Right now, I just need to start here. I've got to have a starting point, and the starting point is I'm going to stop the inflow. So if that means I need to get rid of some stuff, I'm going to get rid of it. That means I need to change what I do tomorrow, I'm going to change what I do tomorrow. That means I need to avoid somebody tomorrow, that negative Nancy that's really dragging me down. I'm going to avoid negative Nancy tomorrow. But I'm going to stop the inflow until I can learn to deal with what is already is in there. <clears throat> somebody said, we need a checkup from the neck up. Pretty good advice. Let me close with Ephesians chapter 6. Is it okay if I let you out just a little bit early? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, before you go any further. Your stand against the devil's schemes. He's scheming against you. And it says in verse 17, here's one of the ways you take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take the helmet of salvation. Make sure you put that one on. You know what the helmet of salvation does? It helps guard your mind. Above all else, the Bible says, guard your heart, guard your mind, for it is the wellspring of life. I'll close with this sentence. This this is a good sentence to go home on. God wants to change you. Satan wants to corrupt you. And the choice is up to you what you allow into your mind, and what you allow your mind to dwell on. God wants to change you. Satan wants to corrupt you. But the choice is up to you. You decide what you allow into your mind, and you decide what you allow your mind to dwell on. So I hope you'll join us on Sunday nights as we learn a new way of thinking. And if we learn a new way of thinking, we can essentially learn a new way of living. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for giving us this word that is personal, that is powerful, and that is practical. And I pray over the next several Sunday nights, you would teach us, teach me, teach all of us, how to guard our minds and how to reprogram our minds, how to wash the garbage out of our minds, how to live in a new way, how to guard against the things that would hurt our thinking. And so, Lord, we just want to have that, that new heart, that new mind, as David prayed, as Charles was talking about, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me.
May that be our prayer and may that be our experience. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.